All right, thank you, Miss Denise. What a beautiful song and how true it is. Well, the Lord is good all the time, isn't he? Wow, you think about a song like that, that's kind of a hard act to follow. So uh, y'all have to bear with me a little bit this morning. Take your Bibles if you would, and let's open the Word of God to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. This is kind of a unique time of year. It's one that I enjoy. Where we're closing a, a, a former year and entering a new one. So I like to call this inventory time. If you've ever worked a job where you had to do inventory, uh, you might not like the sound of that. <laughs> it's a big job, isn't it? To just kind of tally up everything and figure out where you're at. But yet, that process is productive. That's why businesses do it every year. Because it's a beneficial activity. And it kind of helps, um, it helps going forward. It helps to project. And so I like to apply some of that individually as, as we enter in this time of year. I like to use that process in our spiritual growth, in our personal growth. And I've always thought that on Sunday mornings, I like to preach a message that's either in the, in the category of discipleship or one that's in the category of evangelism or salvation, just helping people come to know the Lord. And I try to stay in that area on Sunday morning. This definitely is in the category of spiritual growth and discipleship. And uh, I think sometimes we who are seasoned Christians need to pay a little more attention to that in our life. Sometimes we just kind of act like we've got it all down. We've, we've been there, done that. We've, you know, we've read the Bible. We've been to church. And, but the truth is we don't know it all. We're like Paul. We haven't arrived uh, after all the goings and doings and hearings and all of that, we still got a long way to go. And we, we need to look in the mirror sometimes to realize that and to take advantage of the opportunities we have before us to grow in the Lord. You know, I heard a, I heard a convicting quote, and uh, I'll share it with you. It says something like this. Just because you know something doesn't mean you've learned it. Wow. And if you think about the truth of that statement, yeah, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty powerful. And it can be convicting. Really, it should be that, that we sometimes know things that we don't put into practice. We sometimes know things that we, we haven't yet experienced. We, we know things that we, that we haven't really mastered. And uh, it just reminds us that we got work to do, right? we got work to do. And uh, so it's a good thought. Philippians chapter 3, if you found your place, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. I want to focus your attention this morning on two verses, uh, verses 13 and 14. This is a powerful passage of Scripture, and I did teach on this a week ago Wednesday night, and I want to pick up right there, and, and uh, I want to back up and cover a little of that, and then I'm going to go with the rest of this and kind of apply it to this new year and, and where we're going you know, forward now in the new year. This is a great chapter. I'd encourage you to read it all because Paul is talking about his relationship with the Lord. Um, in verse 10, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Listen, Paul is on a quest. He's on a quest to get to know God. He's on a quest to get up close and personal with Jesus Christ. And every believer ought to be on that same quest. That ought to be the driving force of our Christian life, to get as close to God, this side of heaven, as we can. And in order to do that, we need to take heed to what he's about to say. 
Look at verse 13 with me this morning. He says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So I want to preach on that thought this morning where he says, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. I want to preach a message I've entitled, Reach for the Prize. Reach for the Prize. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, this sounds like a complicated formula, but it really isn't. Paul said, this one thing I do, and then he gave us three things. But I want you to see how the first two are connected, and they equal the third thing. He said in verse 13, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are before, and don't miss the conjunction, and that links these two together. So this is one motion, forgetting those things which are before and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So this is one motion. Now, if you're a boxing fan, you know how they use combinations with the left jab and the right hook, right? Okay, so that's kind of a combination. That's what Paul's saying here. I've got a little combination spiritually. He said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth. Forgetting and reaching, forgetting and reaching, right? And, and this enables me to do what the next verse says. I press toward the mark. How do you press toward the mark? By forgetting and reaching. By forgetting and reaching. Now really, this is a continual process in the Christian life. It's not a once a year activity. But I find this a great time of year to revisit the thought and the teaching and to put it into practice. Start the new year off right. Right? How do we do that? Well, following Paul's advice... Notice that the idea here is that we want to attain what God has for us. We want to accomplish what God's given us to do in life. We want to reach the goal. He says the, the, the prize of the high calling of God. Don't you want to fulfill your calling? Don't you want to find your place in his plan? Don't you want to do the will of God in your life? In order to do that, you have to use this process. And this is what I want to talk about today. Reaching for the prize and I trust you will. A week ago Wednesday night, we talked about the first point, forgetting those things which are behind. What does it mean to do that? We talked about taking spiritual inventory and, and asking some questions. I'm not going to re-preach that part of the message, but I do want to throw out those questions once again. If you didn't get them Wednesday night, you can write them down here. I'm going to go really fast, all right? So uh, get ready, and you can write them down as I go, or you can just listen. And you can go back to the internet later and listen to this and re record it that way. That's fine, too. But here's some things we should consider as we, as we look behind. Let me say this. We don't want to just forget everything past and go forward. That's not what he's really teaching us here. But we do want to forget some of the things of the past. We want to forget the drama. We want to forget the pain. We want to forget the disappointment, the hurt. We want to forget the offenses and different things that, why? Because as the Hebrew writer tells us, those are the weights and things that slow us down in our race for Jesus Christ. All of that stuff you want to set aside. But our experience from the, from the year past has taught us some things. And the, the, the point is that we learn those lessons. So what we want to do before we discard all that is we want to take some time for reflection. And when we take time to reflect, 
we extract the lessons out of our experience. Somebody said experience is the best teacher or the hardest teacher. But she gives the test first and the lesson afterwards. Well, that is so true. Let me ask you a question, though. Do we automatically get the lesson because we had the experience? Do you automatically pass because you took the class? Why do you think sometimes the experience has to be repeated over and over again? Hey, you remember, remember reading about Israel in the wilderness? Remember how they wandered? Hey, remember how you'd turn the page and you would say, man, what, what are y'all doing? Don't you remember two pages ago? Right? Doubting God again? Look what he did for you. The problem was they were repeating their experiences because they weren't learning the lessons. And you know, in the Christian life, it's the same way for us. We can go through experience after experience, miss the lessons, and have to repeat those. Well, if we could automatically get the lesson, if it came through osmosis somehow, if it just automatically soaked in, then all we'd have to do is sleep on the Bible, and we'd get all the good stuff at night, wouldn't we? But that's just not how it works in the Christian life. We have to focus, we have to study, we have to learn, we have to pay attention, we have to take some notes. So I suggest to you, before we forget 2022, before we forget that, let's extract some lessons. Let's take the time to do that. So before you forget, reflect and extract the lessons from this past year's experience. Then what you want to do is take those lessons with you, forget the rest, take the lessons with you, And that is so key. You're going to see why Paul linked these two steps together, forgetting and reaching. Why? Because you can't reach forward until first you've looked back. And that's what I want to show you this morning. When we look back on the past year, we ask questions to evaluate our life and our service for the Lord. We would ask questions like this. What did I do for the Lord this past year? And I hope you can list some things. Well, if you can't, then, then you know that's, you got some work to do. Number two, is there anything I should have done but didn't? Oh, we're all going to say, woe is me right there, right? Boy, I know there's a couple things that are going to pop to your mind, or maybe they, don't, maybe they don't readily pop to your mind. Maybe you need to spend a little time going back through the events of the year and thinking about it so that God can give you the things you need to write down there. I should have done, but I didn't. Number three, what areas of my life do I struggle in? I'm talking about your spiritual life, your Christian life. What areas do you struggle in? Just be honest about it. I've had people tell me, Pastor, honestly, you know, I struggle with my Bible reading. I'm I'm not a good reader. I don't like to read. Okay, good. The sooner you're honest about that, the sooner you can get better at it. Because you've got to identify those areas where you're weak, those areas where you struggle, and then that will help you to know what areas to target going forward and what you need to do to get where you want to be in the Christian life. Hey, the reason why most of us aren't where we want to be spiritually is because we're not doing anything to get there. We're taking one year after the next, we're in a rut, and we're floating. And we're just taking it as it comes. We're winging it. And I know the songwriter said, I'm winging my way back home, but that's not quite what he meant right there, okay? We need to be serving the Lord and we need to be reaching forward, just like Paul said. You know, everybody wants to be, you know, an A1 caliber Christian like the Apostle Paul. But the problem is we don't want to do the work that it takes to get there. 
And that's what we got to go back to. And we got to say, okay, am I willing to pay the price to grow? Am I willing to put in the effort and the time to do what it takes to grow in Christ this year? And if you are, then I'm telling you, you can be sitting here next year amazed. You can sit here next year confident. You can sit here next year encouraged about what you have done for the Lord and who you've become in Christ. If you'll follow this process. So think about it. What areas of my life do I struggle in? Number four, what do I need to become better in? What do I need to become better in these areas? We're talking about the areas where you struggle. So going back to my example, if you struggle in Bible reading, what do you need to get better? Hey, maybe you need to download the Bible app. And if you're not a good reader, then maybe you need to hit play right there and let it read to you. Hey, and you can do that going to work on your commute. You can do that on your lunch break. You can do that in the evening. Whatever time works. By the way, I mentioned the time factor. We do have to schedule a time, you know. The Bible's not going to jump off the shelf and say, hey, read me today, right? Now, if you have the Bible app, it will send you an alert, a reminder. You can do that. And it'll say, hello, uh, you haven't read your Bible. You're, you're You're on a roll here. Let's do another one. That's good. It's good to have those reminders. But we ought to schedule a time. Don't just depend on the reminders. So what do I need to become better in these areas? Get the tools that you need to get the job done. Every tradesman will tell you that the difference is night and day when you have the right tools. Have the right tools for the job, and and it's so much easier, and the result is so much better. Guess what? In the Christian life, we have We have tools. We need some tools to help us out. How about this? Number five, are there areas that you need improvement in? I think we all have those, and we probably all know what they are. Write them down and and come up with a plan on how to improve in those areas. Number six, what do I need to improve most this coming year? What are we talking about here? We're talking about prioritizing. What do I need to improve in most? What's the most important area? Things I need to get working on this right away. What is that for you? Number seven, what helps, habits, or systems do I need to put into place to help me improve? Like maybe you need a schedule. Maybe you need a Bible reading program, right? Um, Maybe it's your prayer life that you want to work on. Then you need a prayer list, right? Because if you don't have a prayer list, then you probably don't have a prayer life. So there's systems, there's things that you need to put in place that will help you grow and develop in the areas that you want to grow and develop in. And how do we know what those areas are? Well, by stopping and taking that inventory, by reflecting back and asking those questions, by taking some notes and writing things down, we get an idea of of what happened, where we've been, what we've accomplished, and what does that do? Then that shows us what we need to accomplish. It shows us what goals we need to set. Notice what Paul said. Remember, this is one motion, forgetting and reaching. So when I ask these questions from the scriptures, then I've done the first part. I'm going to reflect on this experience that I've had. John Maxwell says experience isn't the best teacher, but reflected experience is the best teacher. And the reason is because that is how you extract the lesson And you carry that valuable lesson with you then into the future. The reason people float from one year to the next is because they don't stop to do inventory. They don't take time to reflect. And therefore, they're not intentional when they go forward about what to work on and what to fix in the future. 
And because of that, they go through one year after another year after another year after another year doing the same things exactly and getting the same results. Someone said, if you keep doing the same things, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. So how do you achieve better results? You have to change something. You know, by the way, write this down in bold letters if you're taking notes. Highlight it. Underline it. Put exclamation points. Change is not bad. Change is actually good sometimes. Matter of fact, more often than not, change is good. But we don't like change. You know why we don't like change? Because change is uncomfortable. And our comfort will keep us from growth in the coming year because we'd rather be comfortable than growing. Change. If you want to grow, you've got to change. If you want to grow in Christ, you've got to be willing to change. Because when you get in the Bible, when you get in prayer, when you start serving the Lord, you're going to find out some things about yourself and God's going to say, hey, what about that? And God may put his finger on some things in your life. Hey, listen, that happens sometimes when you come to church and you'll hear a message and God will speak to you and say, oh, that's you right there. And people will think, you know, oh, somebody told the preacher about me. No, no, they didn't tell me. I just preached what God laid on my heart, but he knew about you and God knew you were going to be here and he knew you were going to need this. And all of a sudden you're sitting there listening. And the reason you feel like, oh, this is you is because God's telling you that on the inside. God's saying, that's what I want for you. That's what I want you to do. And sometimes God's message is about change. God wants us to change things in our life. And you know what? That's uncomfortable. So our comfort will keep us from growing. You know what else will keep us from growing? Fear. Fear keeps people from growing. You know why they don't ask these questions? You know why they don't seek to improve? You know why they don't implement some of the new things? Because they're afraid of the unknown. They're afraid of what that change might bring. Fear keeps a lot of people in bondage. Fear keeps people in the rut. The fear of the unknown and, and the comfort of the, un, the discomfort, I should say, of, of change. And the third thing that keeps people from growing is ignorance. People say, well, you know, I, I, preacher, I, I want to I be a better Christian, but I don't know how. All I know is I want to be better and do better, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Well, after today's message, you can't claim ignorance anymore. I'm giving you some steps to take. Right? Take these steps. Ask those questions. That's a great place to start. And, and, and listen, spend some time thinking about the answers. And write down what God gives you. Write down what comes to mind. So that you can make plans to turn and do part two. You're going to forget then. After you're going to extract the lesson. Then you're going to forget 2022. Forget the drama. Forget the pain. The disappointment. The confusion. The heartache. The hurt. All that. Let it go. Paul said count that but dung. Why? So you can win Christ. Don't let the junk of last year keep you from following Jesus. Don't let the junk and the pain and the pressure and all that stuff keep you from being what God wants you to be. Kick that stuff in the dust, leave it behind, and move forward for God. Amen? We need that. 
But we need to take with us what we learn from those experiences. Don't leave the lessons behind or you're going to be repeating some of that. 2023 is going to look a lot like 2022 if you don't take time to reflect and gain those lessons and take them with you. So your reflections will show you what to reach for as you move forward in the new year. Look at what Paul said. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto what? Those things. Mark that in your Bible. And I want to ask you this morning, what things? What things? Hey, guess what? Those things are going to be the things that come up on your list when you answer those questions from 2022. When you reflect on the past, what areas do I need to improve in? Guess what? Those are the things that you're going to be reaching forth before you. The reason why people don't grow from year to year is because they don't know what areas to target, and they don't know what areas to target because they haven't taken time to reflect. So they just drift. They drift from one year to the next, doing the same old thing and getting the same results. Stop that this year. Take time for reflection. Hey, look, stop the rut. Stop it today. How do you do that? Spend some inventory time taking reflections on the past, writing down the lessons. Answer those questions. It's a great place to start. Become intentional. Let me ask you a question. How can Paul reach forth if he doesn't know what he's reaching for? You have to become intentional. Paul didn't just look at the things that are before. He said, I'm reaching for them. So this, this year, stop the rut, be intentional. And number three, build momentum. Build momentum. How do you do that? You do that by, by gaining ground, right? A little ground here, a little ground there, a little ground here. Look, look for example, if you've, ever, if you've ever done a Bible reading schedule before, you understand momentum. Momentum comes every day when you check off those boxes. Now, you need to do more than just check the boxes off. You need to make sure you're comprehending what you're reading and that you're coming away with some fresh thoughts from God's word and you know how to apply them to real life. That's meaningful devotions. But there is momentum in, in doing this consistently every day, and after a while, you start to see what you're accomplishing because it's written down on paper, and you get to check that box, and it shows you the progress that you're making. You know, a week of that feels really good. Two or three months of that feels empowering. When you make those last few checks on your list and you've gone through a year and you've read the whole Bible from cover to cover, I'm telling you, that is invigorating. That will give your Christian life some confidence. You know why Christians lack confidence? Think about it. You never read the Bible all the way through. And if you're not consistent in your church attendance and you never led somebody to the Lord before, what do you got? We can't really point to anything other than, I've been there. I went to church. Well, that's good. But there's so much more to the Christian life than just sitting in church. So we need to, be, we need to not be a spectator. We need, to, we need to become engaged. We need to put our faith into action. We need to make it a part of our real life, who we are every day. 
And the way to do that is to implement these things. We have to know what we're reaching forward to. Somebody said when you set goals, and by the way, I don't really care much for New Year's resolutions. I I like the term goals a lot better. Because I think, first of all, goals are more realistic. Goals are something that you, you intend on keeping. Most people know New Year's resolutions last about two, maybe three months. And then we usually, you know, they just kind of fall off the edge. So if you're going to set goals, then set goals. Be intentional about those goals. And somebody said set SMART goals. Well, I kind of like that. What did they mean by that? It's a little acronym. You can write it down in your notes. The S stands for specific. If you're going to set a goal, make it specific. So you know exactly what it is, exactly how to do it, and you'll know exactly when you accomplish that. Make it a specific goal. Don't just say, I want to be a better Christian. That's very vague. How are you going to become a better Christian? You need to say this. I want to to get more consistent in my Bible reading. I want to read my Bible through this year. Or you might want to say, I want to develop a prayer list. Right? Good. You may want to say, I want to make it a point to, to, to be at every church service. I want to be more faithful in my attendance. Maybe you want to set a goal of, I want to witness to 10 people this year. If you've never witnessed to anyone, then just make it one, right? I want to witness to somebody. You'd be amazed how many people you're going to talk to before you actually get to witness to somebody, like a full witness, Right? Set specific goals so that you know what they are and you know how to achieve them. The M stands for measurable. Measurable. Can you measure your progress in this goal to know how you're doing? It needs to be measurable. The A stands for attainable. Is this actually something you can do? So if I set a goal of, hey, you know what? In 2023, I I want to become a millionaire. (laughs) That's really not attainable for me, right? Look, maybe there's some financial gurus out there and you're good with money and maybe you can attain the million-dollar mark in 2023. I'm a long way from that, okay? I'm closer to zero. (laughs) So for me, that's not an attainable goal. I don't have any rich uncles, nothing like that. It's not going to happen, okay? So my only way to get there, you know, how the, the way the world thinks, I'd be scratching lottery tickets or something. That's not really a, an attainable goal. So, look, don't, don't shoot for the moon. You've never even launched anything in your life. Make it an attainable goal. Make it something you can do. R stands for realistic. Realistic. Right? So maybe my first goal needs to be I need to come up with X number of dollars to begin an investment portfolio or something like that. Okay? So a realistic, attainable goal. We need to make sure we're doing that. H- how about this? Something that's, that's bound with time. Something that you can put benchmarks and deadlines to. Okay? So there's a lot of those in the Christian life that you can. You, you can focus on those. You can, you can set some time frames to those. So we talked about forgetting. What does that mean? That means extracting the lessons, taking time to reflect. Letting go of the hurt, the pain, the offense, the drama, all of that, and taking the lessons with you. The lesson you learn will help you look forward. It will show you what those things are that you should be reaching for in your Christian life. It will help you set specific goals that are measurable and attainable and realistic. Things you can do this year on purpose 
to be better tomorrow than you were yesterday for the Lord. Right? We need to do that. And then Paul said, why am I doing all of this? Because, he said in verse 14, I press toward the mark. You can't press if you don't know what the mark is. So we have to know where we're going in order to reach forward and in order to press toward that goal. Now, after you've reflected and then you've taken your reflections and you've gotten a list of what to reach for, now you have something to press. Okay, so here, you're focused. You know what those details are. You're intentional. You have a plan. Now what you do is you persevere. How many of you have heard somebody say, nothing good ever comes easy? Or something similar to that, right? Nothing in life is nothing good and life's free, all that kind of stuff. So what's the idea behind these quotes? The idea is this. You're not going to become a good Christian by accident. You're not just going to roll out of bed and fall into the godly Christian life. It doesn't work that way. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. It takes perseverance. You've got to be focused. You've got to be determined. You've got to be consistent. All right? Why? Because there's always adversity. You know, we forget in the Christian life. We talk a lot about loving God and loving others, and we should, but because of that, sometimes I'm afraid we forget that we have an enemy. We, many of you watched, you know, games in the past, and you, you watched football, and you probably saw the recent game where that, that player was, suffered a cardiac arrest on the field. Everybody's talking about that and uh, praying for him, and, and they should. Uh, that's a good move. I, I, I like to see those players huddled up praying on the field. Those are good things. They, they should have been in the NFL the whole time and, and, and everywhere else, right? We, we should honor God, and, and we should support one another, especially during times like that. All that's good, but, but what I want to get back to for a moment is use a sports analogy just to show you. Those were opposing teams. When they get out there to play, and the quarterback calls the play, and the huddle breaks, and you go to the line, guess what? There's a team there trying with every effort to stop you. And for some reason, we imagine life as being like a football team with no defense playing against us. But that's not reality. You know what makes it so awesome when the team scores a touchdown? What makes it so awesome is that they had all their guys trying to stop that, and you did it anyway. That's why people jump up and down, right? It's funny because our little niece has been taught when you say touchdown, she raises her hand. So cute. Touchdown. Hey, you know what? Where's your touchdown? When was the last time you scored for Jesus? Can I tell you something? The excitement in the Christian life comes from those wins. But you know, I'm afraid after you get in church a while and all that stuff, you know, we just kind of, we just kind of lax up on all that and, and we just kind of stop pushing against the resistance and, and, and we, just, we just stop winning. Oh, listen, that's not the way to live the Christian life. We need to rack up some wins this year. 
So we need to be focused and intentional. We need to persevere, be determined, overcome the adversity. Look, let me just tell you, if you're setting a goal to read your Bible, hey, I guarantee you, you're going to wake up late some days. I guarantee you there's going to be distractions, phone calls, people knocking at the door, all kind of things. Uh, Events popping up, you get invited to. There's going to be things that come up. A lot of reasons why you don't have time to do what you said you were going to do. I don't care if it's improving your prayer life or witnessing to somebody or, or being more faithful in your church attendance. Whatever goal you set for God, I promise you there's going to be distractions come your way, some adversity to test your resistance or resilience to see if you're really going to do what you said you were going to do. So, how about it? Paul said, I'm pressing. Why would he have to press if there was no resistance? All I'm saying this morning is I just want to remind you, I want to encourage you to remember there's going to be some resistance and you're going to have to press. It's going to require some strength, some focus, some intentionality on your part in order to really reach the prize. I'm thankful that in the Christian life, serving the Lord isn't like riding a donkey with the carrot out in front. You know the donkey never does catch the carrot. No, no, no. All of these things I'm talking about this morning, they are attainable to us. Don't sit here and lie to yourself and say, well, preacher, that may be good for other people, but you know, I can't do that. That's not true. Philippians 4.13, you can write that down. Paul said, I can do all things, not some things. He said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You may not now, today, have the strength you need to accomplish what God is going to give you to do in the coming year, but I rest assured, God will strengthen you to do it. You may say, well, preacher, I don't have the ability. I don't have the gift, the skill. I don't have all that. Well, uh, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. It says, we are strengthened with all might according to his Glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Listen, God, is, God will strengthen you to do his will in your life. You may have talked yourself out of witnessing to people. You may think, I don't have the words, I don't have the wisdom, I don't have the strength, I don't have, I don't have whatever. But this verse says, you do have it. It says you have the capability of tapping into not your strength, but his strength, and his strength is sufficient. What did the Lord tell Paul? My grace is sufficient for thee, right? My strength is made perfect in time of weakness. Whatever, wherever your ability stops, God's ability starts and and takes it the rest of the way. God will enable you to do everything he wants you to do in 2023. So you know what that does, folks? It leaves us on the threshold of this new year looking forward with no excuses. We have the resources. The Bible tells us that this book thoroughly furnishes us unto every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished in all good works. We have everything we need. God will supply it. But we have to get after it. We have to seek it. Somebody said God feeds the birds, but he doesn't throw the worms in the nest. (laughs) They got to get out and scratch for those. And guess what? You and I, we've got some scratching to do ourselves. 
We've got some seeking to do. We've got some praying to do. We've got some reading, some studying, some attending to do. We've got some witnessing to do. Let's press toward the mark. Hey, we need to go into this year expecting to conquer. Romans 8.37 says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We need to be willing to press on. Philippians 3.14, I press toward the mark. And we need to put a little pressure on it so that we can overcome the opposition. And you know, we need to be cheerful. We need to be happy in Jesus. And we need to be cheerful as we move forward. Because we can. Because we have the joy of the Lord. And the Bible says in John 16, verse 33, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So all the opposition we see in the world and everything that stands against us and God when we try to live uh, the Christian life, remember that Jesus said, I've overcome all that. He said, go out there and be of good cheer when you face that because I've overcome all that. Powerful, powerful stuff. Today, you and I, with this knowledge, we're armed. We are armed and dangerous going forward. We are ready not only to see the mark, not only to to press toward the mark, we're, we're ready to catch it. We're ready to apprehend. We're ready to grow. There is ground to be gained in this coming year. And I'm challenging you, I'm encouraging you this morning to go take it. Take the ground that God wants to give you in your own life. Take it up a notch. Grow a little bit. Become what God wants you to be. You'll be amazed at what God can do in your life if you give it all to Him. Amen? Hey, it's going to require some focus, some intentionality. You're going to have to be very on purpose about this. But if you do... At the end of this year, when we, when we come to this time period again, you'll be looking back on some victories. Not just defeats, not just hard times, not just struggles. You'll be able to see some wins, some things that you, that you planned for, scheduled, and accomplished. And hey, I'm telling you, that will breathe some life, some energy into your, into your Christian life that you won't get any other way. But through the experience of serving the Lord and growing in Christ, it brings peace joy. It brings confidence, right? And and there's a lot of things that are to be gained by moving forward and checking off those, those marks, those, those goals as you do. So let's take this year by storm. Let's make 2023 the year of the Lord and let's serve him this year. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, how we love you today and how we thank you for the precious word of God and the powerful promises that we find in your word. Lord, these promises contradict all of our fears, all of our intimidations. Lord, and they conquer all of our excuses. We just ask you now to be our teacher and guide through the scriptures. Uh, Be our guide as we reflect, as as we write down the lessons that we learn from the past. And as we set goals to move forward into the coming year, Lord, give us that that focus, that attention to detail that we're going to need in order to be very specific about what we want to accomplish for you. And then I pray, Lord, that you'd just give us the, 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 the focus that we need, the energy, the strength, uh, the trust, the willingness to trust you, to walk into the unknown, to, to maybe challenge ourselves, to do some things maybe that, that we've not been good at or, or maybe not succeeded in in the past. 
So, Lord, help us this year. Help us as we begin. And, uh, Lord, go with us. Give us some victories and, and encourage us on. Show us, Lord, what it means to press toward the mark, to attain uh, what you have for us in this Christian life. Thank you for the promises that we can. Now, Lord, help us as we do. In Jesus' name we pray.